Hello, this is Randy Hultgren, President and CEO of the Illinois Bankers Association. I'm so glad that you've joined us for our inaugural edition of the Bank Leaders Link podcast. And I am so pleased to have a very special guest with us today, Tom Gannon, who is Vice President of Public Policy for MasterCard. Tom's been with MasterCard for since 2010 and now leads MasterCard's federal government relations team in Washington uh, and leads all of their efforts uh, watching what might be happening around the country here. And we are so glad to have Tom with us today. So Tom, welcome. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the upcoming election. Absolutely. Randy, good to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Tom, let's just jump right into it. Uh, again, like I said, the election's less than two weeks away. We hear so many different things. I would love to get your perspective on polling. I've seen it in my career, how significantly polling has changed. Just wonder with polling, but also with uh, your sense, some of the polls, if you looked at them, it looks like uh, this isn't even really gonna be a contest that uh, Vice President Biden is gonna be our next president in a landslide. What do you think? Are the polls accurate? Can we rely on those? What's your sense of uh, the direction of this race? Yeah, it, it's a good question. So, I, you know, it's clear from the last election in 2016, there were certainly some polls that uh, didn't get it right. And I, I know you know from, from your time in uh, elected office, polls cannot always be accurate. I think, you know, there are a few things that make polling in this environment tricky. Certainly uh, the fact that people are, are less attached to lane lines as they used to be uh, is one sort of indicator of kind of the, the challenges with polling today. I think obviously the pandemic has had some, some impact on uh, polling and sort of the ability to, to do business as usual when it comes to predicting where races are at any given point in time. Um, you know, there are a few things that, that polling doesn't necessarily do. One, it doesn't necessarily predict turnout uh, for in a race. And so I think that's something that's important um, to, to mention. Certainly, I think some of the state polling in uh, particular battleground states uh, or just sort of state polling in general is sometimes a better predictor than of where things are than uh, national polling. So, you know, that's something to pay attention to. Uh, there are some, some, um, some good indicators out there in terms of where to look for uh, polling information. Certainly one source is um, Real Clear Politics, uh, which is uh, actually takes eight or nine different polls and uh, arrives at an average and then puts out information based upon where certain races are. And so, you know, that's that's one place to go to. But but I would certainly say that uh, state polling is probably a little more accurate uh, than national polls. Uh, but there definitely are some challenges out there when it comes to polling and predicting where things are going to end up in a couple of weeks. What do you think? Is this going to be, uh, it's two weeks away, less than two weeks away. Is this going to be a, a really close yeah. election, do you think? Or is your sense it's kind of slipping uh, and it's going to be a pretty big um, result uh, for Joe Biden. What's what's your sense on this uh, two weeks out? Yeah, it, you know, it's it's a good it's probably the hardest question to, to get to a, a good answer on. I think, um, you know, clearly uh, Vice President Biden is is leading in a number of the polls that are out there. Uh, you know, two weeks is uh, still a bit of uh, time away from from the election, just in terms of um, how things change and, and if they change to some degree. 
Um, and so it, it's hard to say. I think, um, you know, right now it, it, it's clear that, uh, that Vice President Biden is leading a number of the polls. I think uh, we're, we're gonna have uh, a debate coming up on Thursday that may give us sort of another indication of where things are um, at the end of uh, the next pres the presidential debate. Certainly, um, some things could certainly change over the last couple of weeks. And I think, uh, you know, we're all watching closely to sort of see uh, where things net out. But um, it, it's hard to say at this point where things are. And I think, you know, both uh, campaigns know sort of how close things are. Um, heading into the next couple of weeks. And so I think a lot of the activity from both campaigns that you're seeing is, is a result of that closeness. Ask you real quickly on election night, are there any specific spots you're gonna be watching? I'd love to get your thoughts. You know, our members, uh, our focus is Midwest. And, uh, you know, we hear a lot about especially states around us that are gonna be maybe decisive. We'd love to get your thoughts on that. If you really feel like uh, the Midwest is important or are you looking, you know, is Florida going to decide this or Pennsylvania or uh, any state in particular that you think, hey, if this goes one way or another, it's a pretty good indication of how this is all going to end up? Yeah, it's a good question. They're, they're, you're right. I, 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 Midwest is definitely an important part, uh, not just of the presidential election, but, but really for control of the Senate um, and Congress in general. I think there are a number of states uh, around Illinois that, that are gonna be key uh, battleground states, uh, Iowa, Ohio, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, there are certainly a number of Senate races that are, that are important that are, that are right in your backyard. And I think uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how those net out. I think in terms of the presidential election, you know, there, there's, there are different paths to victory depending upon where uh, each candidate does uh, in, in terms of performance in a particular state. And there are a number of battleground states, as you mentioned. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of how that nets out, especially compared to 2016 uh, in terms of, um, you know, the 10 or 12 or so battleground states, uh, which way they lean uh, for President Trump or Vice President Biden. We won't hold you to this, but I uh, would love to get your opinion on when we will know. Will we know who our next president is going to be uh, before we go to bed on November 3rd? Will we know, if not then, will we know on November 5th, which is our Midwest Bank Leaders Conference? We're grateful you're going to be a part of that as well. Uh, or are we going to know, you know, sometime later in November by Thanksgiving? Are we going to know? Uh, what's your yeah. thought? I think, you know, uh, I I think it's it, if the election is one that is not close, I think, think we'll there's a good chance we'll know uh, be, before we go to bed or, or uh, when we get up the next morning um, on election day. I think if if it is closer than that, I think it could be some period of time before we have some results. Part of that is given the fact that uh, mail-in voting is happening and has been happening. Uh, different states have different procedures for how they handle mail-in voting in terms of counting votes. And so in some places, particularly in some battleground states, you'll have uh, mail-in votes that will be counted um, after November 3rd. And, and that will could potentially complicate uh, when we actually know who won uh, the, the presidential election. So uh, it's hard to say, I think, you know, 
I would not be surprised if it's something that uh, we don't know immediately on election night. Uh, but but then again, um, you know, a lot of that depends on other factors like uh, turnout and uh, sort of where we are in particular states that are battleground states. Yeah, my sense is it really could be a very different year uh, than most that, you know, where there's this expectation that we're going to, it's election day, you know, we'll know within a couple hours of polls closing, you know, just the reality that a lot of these states aren't even going to open up uh, ballots until polls have closed uh, or start looking at some of these early votes and where you've seen pretty significant numbers of people doing uh, that absentee voting, early voting, mail-in voting. Uh, I think you're right. I, you know, there's a, a possibility that this really could be more like election week or election month rather than election day this year. So we'll have to see. Would love to transition. You you referenced it, but uh, I think the other big question mark for those who spend a lot of their days thinking about and looking towards these elections is not only the presidency, but also the Senate. I would say most people who look at this and think about this often and talk about this often don't see as much of a chance for the House changing hands from Democrat to Republican, but there is uh, that possibility that the Senate could move from Republican to Democrat. Uh, and would love to get your thoughts on that and kind of key races in the Senate that you're watching and that you think we and our members ought to be watching. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, and I would agree, there's no doubt that the um, Senate uh, majority is in play this year. Uh, Republicans uh, hold a three-seat majority today. Uh, Democrats would have to pick up at least four seats or a net of three seats and win the White House uh, in order to take back the majority. I think, frankly, either way, whether uh, Republicans maintain their majority or Democrats um, um, win, I, I think the margins are going to continue to be close. And so uh, even with a Democratic majority in the Senate, it will be likely a relatively small majority in terms of number of seats that they have today, uh, much like the uh, Republicans have in the Senate today. So I think the, the majority is going to be close either way. There are definitely, as you mentioned, some key battleground Senate races that are out there, including a number uh, in the Midwest um, and so I think, um, you know, we'll see races like Iowa, um, races like North Carolina, races like Arizona, um, races like Georgia um, and, and Maine, of course, uh, be predictors in terms of whether Republicans are able to maintain their majority. I think, too, to some degree, those Senate races could have an influence uh, on who wins the presidential uh, for in for that particular state. And so, um, you know, I think that cuts both ways in terms of whether Senate races help one party at the top of the ticket or vice versa. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, but but it, it definitely is the other uh, sort of piece heading into the next couple of weeks that is still somewhat up in the air. And um, we'll, we'll have to see how things shake out on election night. Yeah, I agree with you. And one of the things that was maybe most surprising for me in my time serving in Congress was the difference of majority in the House versus difference of majority in the Senate, where uh, the Senate majority is very important, certainly majority leader controlling a lot of the, the debate and the calendar and the schedule, but the 60 vote requirement, the cloture vote really drives everything uh, other than judicial 
and so that's what we're seeing where, you know, because of some of the changes that have been made years prior, uh, that, that simple majority impacts a lot of the confirmation votes. But as far as passage of legislation, I just didn't expect that of how tied the Senate is to that cloture rule and how unless you can get 60 votes, unless you have, you know, over 60 uh, majority, which is pretty rare. We haven't seen that very often in our country. It seems like, especially with the Senate, usually it is within three, four, five, six, seven senators that uh, give majority there. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But I think it is something that even if there is a switch, it's to me, it's pretty unlikely they're going to get to 60 votes, either Republicans or Democrats in the Senate. And so you're going to continue to have those debates uh, in order for legislation to be able to move forward. Last question, if I could uh, just wrap up. And again, thank you so much for taking time with us. But would love to get your thoughts of what, why is this election important? Uh, you know, Illinois is seen as sort of a um, slam dunk uh, for Vice President Biden. Doesn't feel like much of a contest uh, for the presidential race, for the U.S. Senate race, but it's still important for people to vote. So, would love just to kind of have you as we wrap up. Uh, thoughts of why it's important for our members and our listeners to, to get out and vote, uh, to get their family members and people from their bank to get out and vote. We also do have an important constitutional, state constitutional question of uh, tax. Uh, we, we have a flat tax currently in Illinois. Uh, the governor and others, the legislature are trying to change that to take away the, the flat tax in Illinois. So we'd love just uh, quickly your thoughts on why this is important and what the impact might be for financial services uh, coming out of this election. Yeah, I, I, it's a good question. I think, you know, look, there, there are uh, setting aside the presidential election and whether that matters for a particular state or not. Um, having grown up in New York um, myself, I think, you know, similarly situated to Illinois in terms of where the, you know, top of the ticket races typically are. Um, and, and, you know, I would just say there are a number of important races up and down the ballot uh, in, in, you know, the ability for all of us who uh, have the ability to vote to get out there and, and exercise our right to vote, I think is an important, um, an important one and certainly something that, um, you know, we need to exercise. Um, as you mentioned, there, there are some key uh, votes in Illinois this year, um, like the constitutional amendment, um, the reality is, is, is a lot of uh, sort of governance of uh, everyday lives for people happens more at the local level or at the state level, frankly, than it does at the national level. And so, you know, uh, as, as different races at the state and local level play out, um, I think it's important to, to be a part of the process um, and to vote. There are obviously this year a number of ways to do that. I know Illinois still has uh, early voting open through November 2nd. Uh, so whether you're voting in person or whether you're voting by mail or whether you're voting early, um, I, I just would encourage people to, to get out and vote because uh, it, it does matter. And, and I think um, you know, our, our democracy uh, is, is one that is, uh, I think, given us the ability to um, be a part of the um, civil process and uh, exercise our vote. And uh, I, I know that many have already done that in the state and just would encourage people who haven't yet voted uh, to do so. I totally agree. I couldn't have said it better. Uh, we need you to vote. Every vote 
counts, it matters. To me, it's not just our right to vote, it's our responsibility to vote. Uh, so get out and vote. And in Illinois, especially this year, it really is important, this idea of significant changes for the legislature in Springfield uh, is gonna have a big impact on how Illinois does over the next few years and our ability to keep businesses and people in Illinois. So thank you, Tom. Thanks for taking time uh, to be with us. We're excited to be with you in a couple of weeks at our Midwest Bank Leaders uh, Conference, but we're grateful for your service, your work, your willingness to share your thoughts and ideas and wisdom on the election and the challenge for every single one of us to get out and vote. So thanks for your time. Thanks for being with us. Hope you have a great day. And uh, again, thank you all for joining us.